electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod, the consumer story. Two huge businesses on the other side of the pandemic. The first, Lowe's, the big box retailer, delivers for investors. Housing slump, interest rates, whatever. CEO Marvin Ellison and his key demographic. Through 2025, we're going to see 250,000 millennial buyers per year into the market. And then Royal Caribbean travel surging once again, and CEO Jason Liberty says it is smoother sailing ahead. People are trading stuff for experience. Our pricing's up, our volumes are up to where it was, to where it was uh, pre-pandemic. Plus, former President Trump and 2024. Tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. We all knew this was coming. He went ahead with it. He went ahead with it. Two letters was the headline, no. It's Wednesday, November 16th, 2022. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand back, you by in three, two, one. Cue it, please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We're live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Andrew? Meantime, uh, we have a developing story in Poland. Uh, Becky was just referring to it. Officials there say Russian-made uh, missiles fell within the country's border near Ukraine killing two people in an explosion overnight at the G20 summit in Bali, Indonesia. President Biden spoke with world leaders about that incident, pledged support for Poland's investigation. He said that he thought it was unlikely the missile that hit Poland was fired from Russia. There is preliminary information that contests that. I don't want to say that till we completely investigate, but it's unlikely in the minds of the trajectory that it was fired from Russia. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. Now, the Associated Press reporting that the preliminary U.S. assessment suggests that Ukraine fired the missiles as part of an air defense system. Meantime, President Biden criticized Russia for its latest series of missile attacks on Ukraine at a time when world leaders had come together to try to urge de-escalation. Former President Trump, yep, he formally announced his 2024 presidential bid. It happened last night. He spoke about his achievements in the White House, defended his party's performance in the midterms, and painted a picture of what he believes America can expect if he reclaims the presidency. I am running because I believe the world has not yet seen the true glory of what this nation can be. We have not reached that pinnacle, believe it or not. In fact, we can go very far. We're going to have to go far. First, we have to get out of this ditch. And once we're out, you'll see things that nobody imagined for any country. The former president criticized his successor, President Biden, for his handling of the economy and what he called the weaponization, he said, of the Justice Department and the FBI. Of course, uh, there have been allegations that he weaponized it himself that are currently investigating Trump's handling of classified documents and his role in the effort to overturn the 2020 election results. Um, It was expected. We all knew this was coming. He went ahead with it. He went ahead with it. I read the National Review this morning. Journal. Right. Chris Christie's speech yesterday. Two, two letters was the headline. No. Yeah. Chris Christie's speech was uh, 
I don't know, raucous applause from a bunch of governors. I mean, not what all the governors were there. you say? He was sick of losing? Yeah, I said three times. Everybody's saying that three times. Right. 2018, 2020, 2022. I mean, they, for me, the Georgia from last year was just the, you know, that was the straw that broke the camels. But I mean, look at everything. Think if that had gone differently. It just won with David Perdue, who was already an incumbent and actually won in the original election then in the runoff, didn't win because Trump went down there and said, you know, the voting is, it doesn't matter if you vote because it's not going to count. I don't know. He just didn't tell Republicans to go out and vote in Georgia and the rest is history, right? All the pro none of that would have happened within a 51-49 Senate, none of the things that happened. So then you can argue whether it was good or bad, but, uh, you know, if you're of one political persuasion or the other, you may have wished that the Senate had not... Falling. I think that people, other people have other issues be, beyond that one. But, but they, I know, but that was before the other ones. That happened before, and then you can take it from there if you want. I, I you know, I've never been a, uh, a never Trumper, but um, I think there are some solid uh, alternatives. It's the youth, and, and you know, President Biden, if he were to win re-election, the day that he took office, he'd be 82. It's his birthday uh, on Sunday. So um, I think he, he probably would be reelected. Um, but I don't think he, I think that might be the only person that he might be at this point. We will see. We, we will see. see. We've got two years we, uh, of what I imagine will be a raucous debate. It's, but it's all going to go very smoothly on Squawk Box, because I, I don't know whether you saw. What, no, the horoscope. Your horoscope. <laughs> Yeah, because that's the first thing we both do in the morning. You may you check your you horoscope. May, but by the way, oh, maybe we should. That should no actually kidding. be. Oh, you don't? You, don't, you no. think Reagan was a good president? You remember all the horoscope? No, listen, uh, you, may have, you may have serious differences with an employer or a colleague, but you can and you must find ways to heal this rift so you can work together successfully. Remember, you don't have to like them to be part of the same effective team. I always thought management should buy the horoscopes <laughs> and plan things. What are, you're a Pisces. I'm a Pisces. You're a Pisces. What does it say? Uh, let me, I don't think it has anything to do with any of this. Uh, oh, no, it's not, this is not you. You may be in a friendly mood and willing to chat with all sorts of people, even strangers. Yeah, thank you. So this is Hello. just totally FOS. Uh, but be careful of what you reveal about yourself. One small and seemingly unimportant personal detail could, in a rival's, <laughs> in a rival's hands, yes. cause you a great deal of trouble. So CNBC management has effectively taken over the horoscope. <laughs> it's amazing. Well done. You know, I'm excited about Lowe's. And I'll tell you what, we're tell me why you're the hell out of this. Uh, because yesterday, it tracked. Home Depot was amazing to watch yesterday. Da Remember, it was up? Up $5. Down $5. Then back up, then there was the missiles or the whatever hit uh, Poland, then back down, and then it ended up closing higher. Uh, there you can see, is that yesterday and today? Because this morning, these numbers are, are pretty solid once again, and what we're going to talk about, if we, and once again, the two of us, were to go to do some home improvement, we might do better at Lowe's. We still wouldn't do that well, I don't think. Uh, maybe you think it would help us a little bit more at Lowe's, you think? It's supposedly easier for people say. like us uh, that aren't really part of the professional. Right. because we know that Becky does, can, she, Becky can do you could do She's better a superwoman. She can, I can change my Could you life. put in a sink, though? Could you put in a sink? Could you do a I think could she you, actually could. could if she put, a, her, a put her mind to it, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't take Could on. you and Matt? Matt has, yeah. See. See, that's, uh, you have someone at your place, you have Schneider, right? You have a guy that you call in if there's the, if, if your drain isn't going to call, the call, contractor, Schneider, right? call, call the contractor, right? Call Schneider in. Remember that show? Yes. That, yeah. 
What was that show called? Free's Company. Was it no, Free's no, Company? No, no. Uh, One Day at a Time. Oh, come on. Oh, was it One Day at a Time? One Day at a Time. One Day at a Time. Yeah, One Day at a Time. Let me, tell you, let me tell you about Lowe's. We're really We're really real. aging ourselves. Uh, 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 that, what do you mean? I was One like, Day at a Time, I, I, I right? was in, had been working for 20 years when that show was on. Uh, <laughs> the first number for Lowe's was, it's like people were like, whoa, what happened? But because it was like 25 right. cents. Let's you factor it out, it's 327. And that is well above $3.10. Also, good sales number, 23.5 billion versus 23.1 uh, was what expected. Comp store sales, not as good uh, as, a, as Home Depot, up 3%. U.S. Uh, same store sales up 2.2%. And then we need to, uh, to look into all the things that, uh, that we were talking about yesterday. Inflation, obviously. People have traded down with Walmart and buying, uh, you know, and companies are trying to hold the line, but not really as much as they can to try and maintain some margins, but obviously trying to get some market share uh, as well. I thought... The guidance is important, too. They, they do say that their comp store sales, they see them for the full year being flat to down 1%. So you're talking about that's different than home comp store sales. Yeah. Um, some pressure that comes with that. They also see, though, full year gross margin rate up slightly compared to a year ago numbers on this. They're raising their guidance, but it really looks like it's just taking into effect the 17 cent beat that they have right now. They're now saying 365 to 380 for the full year on an adjusted basis. The street was already at 354. The, if you take the, 354 and add 17, that gets you to 371. Yeah, the sales number's higher, um, guiding to what, 97 to 98, and the number, well, 96.9. Right. Six was right. the, so 97, that's more or less uh, in line. It's like it happens four times a year. Mark your calendars. Clockwork. It does. They're good. It's, it's, it's good to have certainties in life. There are nice things to plan for. Right, especially for Capricorn. Why? I'm just very OCD, sort of. I mean, very... You know that. Well, I know you you're haven't OCD. seen me close I know claws. you're OCD. I, I had to get up and... that's a Capricorn thing. Oh, yeah. That's scale. Yes, Gail, and makeup. She, get her. <laughs> you go get, get, go get Gail. Oh, boy. It's going to be a fun morning. Don't you, aren't you married us. to a Capricorn? I am. I don't think he's OCD. I'm, I think I'm more OCD than he is. Not just Capricorns. I don't Stay think, with us. I think I'm, you are a man of habit. You're a creature of habit, are you not? No, no, I don't think so. How are you not a creature of habit when you're on the schedule? All of us are. Yeah. Like, exactly. Not in an OCD-ish way. Yeah. You don't think... Well, we will. Okay. All right, when we come back. Discuss during the commercial break. Cheese <laughs> will be next. Next on Squawk Pod, home improvement still a good business for Lowe's. The CEO of the big box retailer Marvin Ellison says home is where the heart and the payoff is. I just think that the definition or the redefinition of the home is something that we're still living with coming out of the pandemic. I don't think any of us can view our homes the same way as we did three years ago. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. 
specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Good morning. Welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. We're live at the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin along with Becky Quick and Joe Kernan. Lowe's out with numbers just about an hour ago. The home improvement retailer's earnings came in at $3.27 a share. That was much better than the three ten the street was expecting. Revenue came in at $23.48 billion. Analysts had been looking for just $23.13 billion. And then comp store sales were up by 2.2%. And that compared to an estimate of just up 0.8%. So better across the board. That stock up by about two and a quarter percent this morning. And joining us first on CNBC is Marvin Ellison. He's Lowe's CEO and chairman. And Marvin, thanks for being here this morning. No, thank you. It's great to be here. You know, it looked like every metric that I could find, you all did better than the street was anticipating. Do you see any weakness when it comes to the consumer right now? You know, home improvement is a little unique, uh, and the demand drivers for home improvement are distinctly different than the demand drivers for, let's say, home building. So when I look at Lowe's, the three highest correlating factors to demand are home price appreciation, and the average U.S. home has roughly $330,000 in equity. Uh, the age of housing stock is another one. And the average U.S. home is roughly 40 years old, the oldest since World War II. And also personal disposable income. And although economic times are challenging, we still have roughly $1.2 trillion in excess savings versus pre-pandemic. So when you look at all of those factors, those things bode well for home improvement, and we feel really good about our current trends. You had strength coming from contractors and professional builders and from the do-it-yourself crowd. Do-it-yourself, I think, is about 75% of your revenue, so that obviously matters, and that's where people have had questions. Would, would the consumer hang in there? Um, you didn't see any slowness towards the end of the quarter. I, I'm, I'm asking this just because Home Depot, when they talked about this yesterday, they, they were talking about how they were getting some mixed signals. It doesn't seem like you are. Well, Beck, what I can tell you is that for the entire year, we really had strength in the, the pro segment of our consumer base. But in the third quarter, we actually saw the do-it-yourself customers start to come back. So we had actually the best DIY performance of the year in the third quarter. Now, when you look at the specific categories throughout what we sell, you know, there is a little bit of a mixed bag. But overall, we see customers trading up. So you always hear the phenomenon that people are trading down. That's not happening in our space. You know, we introduced a, a Maytag washer specifically to, uh, to deal with pet hair. It's one of the most expensive washers we sell. And the response to it was incredibly positive. So, so we're seeing customers trade up for innovation. We're seeing customers trade up for discretionary items. Our Halloween sell-through was really strong. And there's nothing more discretionary that you can buy for your home than Halloween. And, and our current... Christmas trimming tree trends, you know, are reflective of pre-pandemic trends, which is exactly what we anticipated. So we're not seeing a slowdown. We're not seeing customers trade down. We're not seeing customers pull back. And I just think that the definition or the redefinition of the home is something that we're still living with coming out of the pandemic. I don't think any of us can view our homes the same way as we did three years ago. And I think the home improvement sector is just a, a benefactor of those trend shifts. Marvin, let's not gloss over that pet. What no, that, so that like if there's a lot of pet hair on on clothing, it gets it out or something. I watched someone try to clean a jacket yesterday with 
using tape uh, around, you know, and, and trying it, and that didn't work. And we can't find a vacuum cleaner strong enough to, to, to pick up the hair from two German shepherds, Marvin. So I, I, but that's not what I want to ask you, but, but let's not gloss over that. <laughs> what I did want to ask you, so, uh, so housing prices go up, people feel good about their house, they got equity to do improvements. Housing prices go down, they, they don't think about selling, so they stay home and do a, an improvement. Which, which is more powerful uh, a factor for, for you and Home Depot? When people are stuck in their houses because the housing market's weak, or people are able to, to sell their houses and move somewhere else? I, and I just can't see, I think it'd be good for you to do well in both scenarios. Well, that's true. So if you go back to, to the 1990s, it's really the last time we had a situation where interest rates were going up uh, and we had some degree of inflation. And, and what we saw is home improvement demand stay strong. So let me give you a couple of factors. So we still in the U.S. have roughly one and a half to two million homes under current demand, which means we still have a shortage. And roughly 90 percent of homeowners have either a low fixed mortgage rate or they own their home outright. So the action being taken by Chairman Powell and the Fed is not really impacting homeowners with a fixed rate or who own their home. So the interest rate environment is not directly impacting how they feel about their most important asset. And also our data tells us that through 2025, we're gonna see 250,000 millennial buyers per year enter the market and I remember back a few years ago, many people thought that millennials would move away from owning and be permanent renters. And that's just been the opposite. Some of our strongest home improvement and home buying trends are coming from millennial customers. So all of the things work for us. But the fact that homes are getting older and when homes get older, there are things you have to get fixed. And two thirds of what we sell is non-discretionary. If your roof is leaking or you have an appliance that breaks down, you can't choose to ignore it. So that also supports our business trends. Hey, Marvin, tell me how much this rings true to you. Um, I think it probably does. I just got this, literally this message uh, for, from a viewer uh, as we were on the air here. Uh, says, uh, says here, I run a small mid-sized construction company in Arizona. My company is still running through our customer project backlog from COVID days. Myself and some of my colleagues still have at least 12 plus months of project backlog. So our demand at the stores probably won't change for a while. Demand is softening though, we think for 2024. What do you think of that? So Andrew, we, we, we do an annual pulse survey of professional customers and we did it recently. 70% of those customers said that their 2023 business will be stronger than their 2022 business relative to the number of projects they have backlogged and on their book of business. Now, I can't give you visibility 2024, but what I can tell you is every single metric, every survey, every conversation, both formally and informally that we have with our professional customers tell us that 2023 is gonna be equally, if not greater, in, in strength and demand for them as what we're That's currently That's fascinating, because so, I think a lot of people thought it, it, that it things would, get, would slow down, especially if costs, you know, as we keep talking about inflation and costs getting higher, no? Well, I, look, at the end of the day, if you have equity in your home and your home is appreciating in price, you have confidence that you can invest in that home. It, it just, it comes down to that simple fact, and as I mentioned earlier, I mean, the average U.S. home has roughly $330,000 in equity in it, and, and that just gives consumers confidence, even if home prices start to come down. And we have markets in the country 
where home prices you know, grew exponentially during the pandemic and now they're coming down, the sales in those markets are still strong relative to other markets around the country. So, so we don't see a correlating factor between home prices declining and home improvement sales declining. So I just think we're in a unique environment. Home improvement is a unique space because home prices have gone up. There's a shortage of homes. Homes are getting older. And all of those factors bode well for our demand trends. Hey, Marvin, yesterday we saw a softer than expected PPI, producer price number. We, we, last week we got a weaker than expected consumer price index. Um, do you think inflation has peaked yet? What do you see in terms of what your suppliers are telling you and what they're trying to charge you? Well, you know, for us, you know, we, we work in a business where we deal with commodity prices, specifically in lumber and building materials. What I can tell you is that we're definitely seeing deflation trends occur specifically in those building material categories, specifically lumber. Now, we, we have more sophisticated tools than we had when I arrived four and a half years ago to manage cost, price, and retail. And so you can imagine we're spending time with all of our suppliers trying to understand where those, those commodity costs went up and, and those component costs went up. We took prices up and we in, increased our costs. Now we're having conversations on how do you extract that so we can give that value back to the consumer. Now, it's hard to predict what's gonna happen relative to inflation and deflation, but what I can tell you is that we're starting to see the trend bend down, specifically on our commodity-related categories. Which, which makes you think what in terms of what the Fed's doing right now, that they've done their work, it's working, is more needed? Well, it's, it's, it's really hard to say. You know, the one thing I can be very specific on, I can talk with a lot of confidence and expertise on home improvement, but I'm not going to get into Chairman Powell's head or determine if the Fed has has reached you know that point where inflation starts to come down relative to the actions they've taken on race. Look, mm -hmm. I think like any business person, I'm hoping that that we're going to see the trends continue to come down, so the, the Fed can ease up. But I think that's yet to be determined. Marvin, I want to thank you for your time. It's a really interesting story, and you've definitely given us some insight into what's happening with a, a, a very important segment of the American consumer. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Next on Squawk Pod. <laughs> anchors away for cruise ships after a lean couple of years. They're back and stronger than ever, but it was rough sailing to get here. Royal Caribbean CEO Jason Liberty sits down with the team. Do you think in the end the COVID restrictions were wrong? What was wrong was that the cruise industry was treated differently than everybody else in society. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Ooh. Summarize with AI in a click. click, 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 click. Writer's block? Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. We're back. This is Squawk Pod. Stand by, Joe. His mic. Cue. 
Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC, live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Joe Kernan along with Becky Quick and Andrew Ross Sorkin. David Faber said it best. Uh, it's great to see the rocket launch. It just, uh, I, do you know I thought that this morning? I knew you did. I, David I, I, Faber wrote a blog about watching the did, rocket launch, and that is what popped into my head this morning hmm. when we talked about this. I don't remember launch. this. He did, but he, 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 he wrote a blog. It was good, but it was, uh, yeah, it was definitely a kiss moment. I'll keep it simple. Um, I'm not going to say stupid, but it was, yeah, like people love rocket launches. We do. I can't believe you said that. I was thinking of driving in this morning. I I can't believe I did either. Cruise stocks setting sail after the market downturn uh, as pent-up demand increases bookings. Royal Caribbean is 95% off its yearly lows. Norwegian, 78%. Carnival, 83%. Join us now to talk more about the state of the cruise industry. Jason Liberty. CEO of Royal uh, Caribbean, most overused expression ever, I guess, is uh, something's demise was greatly exaggerated. But you, you, not even you could have foreseen this type of bounce back, could you? Well, I, I think in terms of um, our expectations coming back, as we saw in, in our survey data, that, that customers, our guests really wanted to come back um, and experience and experience things on cruises. I don't think we expected the pandemic to go on as long as it did. But we saw in our bookings that our guests were really willing to, are very uh, ready to come back and, uh, and have great vacations. And it was almost like we just got to get through this and it's going to be happy days are here again. And I just, I'm surprised that there's no residual angst or fear. And they're just, it's almost the opposite of what the rest of the travel industry is seeing, that the pent-up demand is so great that it's better than it was before. Even though with, with cruise, I think there were some specific things that had people kind of, yeah. you know, being trapped on there and not being able to get, you know, all this norovirus, any of the previous things that have happened when you're in a closed system with 4,000 people. Yeah. Well, as you guys were talking about earlier, people are trading stuff for experience, right? We're in the experience business. Um, you know, we deliver these multi-generational vacation memories and, and people are very focused on it. And you see it in, the, in, our, in our booking activity. Pricing premium now or you still have to induce people? With- no, no, our pricing's up. Our volumes are up. To, to where it was? Previous? To where it was uh, pre-pandemic. <laughs> um, but we're still trading at a pretty significant right. discount uh, to land-based vacation. Um, so there's still a very large value proposition uh, for us to gain. And you've gotten back to that pricing, but margins obviously come down because of inflation. Inflation, that's right. And, and that's one of the things, I mean, one of the things that we did during the pandemic, I kind of described as we got back into our wedding weight. Uh, so we, we, had, we had really kind of focused on our cost structure, which has allowed us to absorb um, a lot of the inflationary elements that, that came into play and, and that are now starting to begin to abate. You don't have to worry about uh, remote work. No, I'm not coming back to work. And the, I mean, is it hard, is it hard to get? People? Our hardest issue was we historically brought up about three ships a year, right, new ships. We had to bring up 64 ships in one year. So getting all of our crew back and trained onto our pretty ships good was job. a challenge. I mean, it's pretty, people want to work on cruise ships. They want to work. Um, uh, you know, they love it. I mean, it's their, by the way, I mean, our average tenure on our ships 11 years. What's, so it, what's happened to pay? Uh, Pay has, has, well, shoreside pay has certainly increased. On the shipboard side, it's, it's increased um, as well, but we haven't had to really increase it that much um, mm. in order for us to, uh, to get the talent. Because our, our, our crew members come from all over the world. Um, Meaning that you're hiring people from other countries. Other countries, more. that's right. Yeah, we always have. Always have what, so. what, how much has it increased, your, your, your pay, for people who are working on the ships? Well, on the ships, it's, it's low single digits. 
um, in order to in order to entice them to come on. It's a very kind of large gratuity-based system as well, so they get a lot of gratuities. Um, yep. and so they're also seeing a bump in that as well as as uh, the consumer, uh, you know, I think right. appreciates more the experience. What's happened to cash gratuities versus digital gratuit gratuities in a, in, a, in a world of Venmo and PayPal and nobody walking around with cash anymore? Yeah, well, on, on our side, most of our guests actually charge it uh, to their room. Um, they do give cash payments. It's very rare uh, that you're seeing people walk around on our ships um, giving our, our crew members uh, Venmo payments or Zelle payments. Got plenty of uh, captains, and you think, ah, captain of a cruise ship. That's a big job. It's a big job. Huge job. Not Huge just stuff that we saw recently that, that they had to make decisions on, but I mean, you, you are making life or death decisions all the time. Out, 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 out. That's not overstating what these guys, the responsibility these guys have. Well, it, it's a large responsibility with a very large system of controls that exist on the ship as well as on shore. Um, and, and so it is a, it's an incredible responsibility onto them and onto their teams. Um, but, but there has, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, What's a captain get? Salary-wise, yeah, uh, they uh, they make it somewhere probably between you know two hundred and fifty thousand and three hundred thousand dollars a year. Like a pilot annual, of a big commercial. Yeah. Of a big that's right. Commercial. If you were to annualize, yep. That's can right. I gamble on every boat? Uh, you can gamble on almost all of our ships. Um, our Silver Sea brand, which is our ultra luxury brand, and also the Expedition side, tend to not have casinos inside of them or very small casinos. How are your routes different than they were pre-pandemic? Are there places you won't sail to now? Are there differences just in how you have to go about things? Yeah, well, I think there's, there's, there's two kind of current changes. One, obviously, you know, we're not going to St. Petersburg, um, so we're, we're staying away from that kind of uh, part of, um, of the Baltic Sea. Um, and, 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 and markets like China are currently not on. So yesterday, Japan has opened up to tourism, so we'll, we'll be back in Japan. But outside of that, you know, there's over a thousand different destinations that our ships go to around the world. The east coast of Africa, too? Uh, every so often. Every so often. Yeah. Um, more, more as we reposition the ships. You remember Hobbit? They got breakfast, post-breakfast, pre-brunch, brunch, lunch. 11.30s. Uh, 11.30s, 12.0s. You've got how many? Like 12 meals a day and it all including lobster, right? Most of the time? Well, certainly, if you're hungry, we you know we and, have, and mimosas at 7 a.m. for sure. Uh, that's right. Uh, there's you know there's definitely the ability to snack. Um, you, you know, snack, drink the today. Uh, at Broadway shows. It is there's a zip lining, uh, go, go kart racing, water slides. Um, it's it's see it's I'm really your attention. Yeah. Yeah. I want your to get on that one of these, these these deadhead cruises though, where where you're going from where he's he's repositioning the boat. Yeah, that actually sounds. Oh, like I thought a, you meant a Grateful Dead. So did I. I would go <laughs> on one of those. Yeah. Now that'd be a whole different stuff. You'd have to probably provide on a deadhead cruise. I would think maybe you do you get do out of territorial We do a lot of themed cruises. We do a lot of themed cruises, so <laughs> of theme cruises but uh, you know, th th that type of stuff doesn't that doesn't happen on the ship. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> happens off ship. That's off ship, I guess. Yeah. Let, what 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 what's really hot? I, I would imagine anything around uh, Sicily and uh, and Capri is, is still. Uh, I mean, certainly the European Malta, European Greek island. European cruises are, you know, because Europe's kind of like a travel playground, um, so that's always very Both hot. Both coasts of Mexico, probably. Uh, um, so, uh, uh, Mexico, the Caribbean is very hot. Alaska is doing exceptionally well. Um, Americans have really tuned in to all the, the vastness and, am and amazing wildlife that you can experience in Alaska. 
Um, so we see really strong it, demand. You contract out, uh, I mean, you get off the boat and go on a seaplane, I guess, or something in Alaska, right? I mean, you, you that, can, that's uh, all. Seaplane uh, helicopter. The purser would, would arrange all that for you? Is that, <laughs> is that the case? Uh, well, our, our shore excursion uh, group uh, will arrange that for you. Uh, they're not employed by you, are they? Yeah, they, they? are. They, they are. are. Now, now the, the, the seaplane and the helicopters and so right. forth are third party. I got, I got one final question. Okay. It's a little bit of a, like a relitigation question. I'm curious. Do you think in the end the COVID restrictions were wrong? It's a, it's, a, it's a great question. I think that what was wrong was that the cruise industry was treated differently than everybody else in society. So I do think that was wrong. Um, when you look at our protocols, um, which actually aren't that different than what we were doing pre-COVID, um, you know, they work. Um, and our ability to um, you know, make sure that the environment is the safest place on earth is, is, the, is the bar that we set for ourselves. Sh ships got, sh I mean, I'm just watching the people who got locked into those ships for weeks at a time. Yeah. Well, and it, and it was also very early days, right? We, we didn't know a lot about, you know, you know the disease and, and so forth. Exactly. It's Jason Liberty. I mean, what do you think he <laughs> No, no, I was very curious just how he's thought about it because we've had now no, two years of perspective to try to understand. Yeah. 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 The but science really wasn't the science. Well, we right. thought it was the science. That's right. Thank you for coming in. Oh, my pleasure. Great to be here. And that's the podcast for today. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. To get the best of our morning show, the interviews you can't miss, please follow Squawk Pod wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll meet you right back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.